You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have Chris Asfandiari from King Woman on the show. I was super stoked to do this episode. Um, she was brought to me by her publicist, and surprisingly, I had not heard of any of her projects, uh, but we had an incredible chat. Um, there is no video of this one. Uh, did not want to be on video, so there's no video of this episode in the premium. Uh, but we, of course, have the audio, and Chris was an awesome guest. She had uh, so much time. She almost interviewed me half the time, which was really funny because she's a fan of the bands I've been in, which is hilarious because of the music she plays is far different, and I had no idea that she was into uh, you know the bands and like Anatomy of a Ghost, huge into Anatomy of a Ghost. So we went into a lot of that stuff as well as our new record, Celestial Blues, which is out on July 30th. And uh, I've heard the record. It's incredible. It's one of the deepest, darkest records I've ever heard. Um, it's it's almost terrifying, and I love it. Uh, it, it gives you those goosebumps, um, and it's just a, a, an amazing record, and she's an amazing person. So uh, definitely check that out. Um, but I was stoked to get her on the show. So let's get some business out of the way, and we'll jump right in. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or concerns and questions, um, you know, things to add, just want to shoot the shit, hit me up, PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com. Uh, I want you guys to join the Facebook group, Peer Pleasure uh, Inner Circle on Facebook group, and we'll add you in. Uh, you can do that in the search bar, and it's we discuss all kinds of things. You get to see who's coming up early, get to see 
um, all that stuff, which is, is, uh, I think some people really enjoy it, getting to see who's coming up, ask questions, you know, add in things. Uh, hey, could you bring this up? Could you bring that up? Um, I, I'm a big fan of that. I don't do it often on the show, but if the question is really specific or really uh, jumps at me, I'll try to bring it up. So, um, man, it's it's been awesome. Um, the last few shows I've done had a bunch of stuff to bring up to people um, and been able to get people's questions answered and uh, at least try. So join that Facebook group. That's the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle on Facebook. Um, then also the premium, peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the premium service. You get access to the past cast, which is a podcast I do with other podcasters and listeners of the show about their favorite episodes. We do like a deep dive into there um, and get all that stuff out, all those stories that didn't make it into the actual episode. Um, you also get access to all the video footage from the episodes. So um, once I do an episode, say I talk to so-and-so at noon on a Thursday, by usually 5 p.m., that episode is up in the video form. So you don't have to wait the month or so for it to come out, which I really have enjoyed doing and people, you know, hearing and, and responding to things before they even come out. I love that stuff. Um, you also get access to an ad-free feed. So you know, we have like five or six ads per episode on this show, which is helping keep the lights on, but also can be annoying to some people. So if you want ad-free, you can go over there uh, and sign up for that tier and then you get the ad-free feed and you just go straight to the episode uh, and no bullshit. So peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. So uh, again, Chris from Kingwoman is the guest this week. I am so, so stoked for you guys to hear this and to hear this record. It's insane. The video is insane. Uh, she's got a lot in the work. She's got like five or six projects, super prolific. Uh, but this one really, really hit me. Uh, and I was stoked to have her on. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Chris from King Woman.
Hello? Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm doing great. Let's see. I'm just making sure everything's good to go here. Let's see. Did you want to do audio only on this one? Uh, yes. Do I, do I need to be on video? You don't have to be. No. Okay. No, not at all. Let me, uh, let's see. You can be on The video. recording has stopped. Let's see here. Okay. Trying to figure this out here real quick. Okay. So do you prefer Chris or Christina? I know Monica calls you Chris. Um, Chris is good? Yeah. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I, I This is... This is new realm for me because I had not heard your work until Monica sent it to me, which I'm mm -hmm. surprised I have not heard it since she sent it to me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm very surprised that I haven't heard it already. But um, yeah, it's excellent. So she she reached out to me. I was like, dude, let's do it. So where are you based out of? I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh, nice. I'm about to go there in a few weeks. Oh, are you? Yeah. Excellent. I'm working on some music up there with some friends and visiting. Okay. Do you, do you have a project going on up here in Portland? Like, like, is it an actual, uh, like band you're doing or are you just kind of jamming with people or, or what you got going on? No. Well, okay. So my, my very best friend, Isaac is in a project called MSC with his twin brother, Zach, and they're from Portland, but Isaac lives in New York and I live in New York, but I was going to go, they're working on some stuff. They, they basically built their own sound system for the project MSC. Okay. And I'm trying to work on some new, I have this project called Nightcrawler and I want to work on some new stuff with them. So trying to plan something in Portland because they're both going to be out there. Excellent. Where, yeah. where, uh, where are you now? Are you in California? I'm working on, uh, someone's record in California right now. Uh, but I, I'm primarily in New York. Okay. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, right on. This is great. I've I've been in Portland since 2000, so I've I've I was a touring musician until 2007, and then I've been home ever since. So I've put down roots here. I guess I'm from Alaska originally, so um, it's been an interesting interesting change. I spent the la like the first seven years here not here. I was always on tour. So uh, what, what band were you in? Uh, I played with a band called Portugal the Man. Oh yeah. And then uh, awesome. Have, have you guys played together festivals and stuff? No, no. I just, um, I got into them when I was like, I want to say I was like 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I've known about Portugal, the man for a long time. Awesome. That's dope. Yeah. And I, you're Alaska. Yeah. We're all from Alaska and I, I, I stopped playing with them in 2007 and, um, then everything exploded, of course. <laughs> Yeah. So did you continue on with music or did you go down another path? I went, I started having kids and a family and, uh, I, I kind of disappeared from music for a long time. Like I didn't go to shows. Like I just kind of like put it on the back burner. And then what? like 2016, I was like, man, I really got to do something else, like something creative. And so I started this show. Um, mm -hmm. and from there I just, I've, this show has taken me way more places than music ever did. And mm -hmm. I've met a lot more people and, and, uh, it's just something that, that, uh, 
I can I can stay in touch with old friends, make new friends, and and put something out in the world more than yep. just going to work. And I'm a commercial plumber by trade, so of course I gotcha. can go build a building, but like that's what it is. But I want to put something else out in the world, I guess, if that makes oh, sense. That's dope. And honestly, your mental health is probably better for it. <laughs> You're not a touring musician because that shit is rough. Yeah. <laughs> it absolutely is. I mean, of course, I still struggle with a lot of depression and anxiety and all this stuff. But this yeah. show helps me with that because we talk right. a lot about that on here. And, yeah. you know, once I finish one of these episodes, like I feel inspired because I've talked to someone mm -hmm. else about, you know, what have you and and uh it's been it's been an interesting ride so um and and getting to discover new music like yours like that's one of the the big pluses to it as well um monica mm -hmm. your publicist is fantastic i've worked with yeah. her for a long time and she she really champions her bands and um same with kathy so <laughs> Which is, we actually stayed at the Sergeant House, like, I think it was the old, maybe it was the old Sergeant House with Portugal on tour. I slept in the van that night to watch the gear, but. Um, oh, I know, how that, I know how that goes. We've actually we, stayed there. <laughs> we, we, we uh, someone, we were talking to another band and they're like, oh, you know what you should do is you should just create a little dummy in the back seat, like make it look like someone's sleeping back there. And so I think we started doing that for a few tours but uh yeah gear getting stolen and staying at the hotel and being like where should we park like we don't want we don't want shit to get stolen it's like it's so stressful yeah yeah you start backing into things like backing up Back as close as you can to something or uh yeah aside from putting like a dummy in the van you can also put like a church decal on it a lot of times <laughs> that helps <laughs> Does it really? I feel like that would work for like not getting pulled over maybe. Yeah. Oh, also not getting ripped off. Like there's, I think there's still some, some people that are, have the fear of God in them that, that, uh, won't mess with a church van, but, um, yeah. people are getting wise to it. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So many people getting ripped off. Well, not recently cause no one's touring, but, um, yeah. once we get back to that, hopefully very soon, it looks like it's happening very soon. Uh, it's going to mm -hmm. start happening again, like crazy crime shall yeah. return yeah i'm wondering about that i king woman's like easing back into shows because i'm just really not sure what to expect mm -hmm. that we're just doing a few select shows this year mm -hmm. because you know i planned i planned some tours and then they got canceled and then rebooked some things and they were canceled again so uh just treading lightly right now yeah that way you don't have to commit to as much either if it does get canceled and totally it's crazy i saw the foo fighters are playing a sold out madison square garden show this month like vaccination proof really? required yeah 100 percent capacity damn i mean yeah it's i think people are you know really wanting to gather again and hopefully i mean i don't know if this sounds corny but hopefully people will ap appreciate live music uh, more than they did before oh man i i think they will <laughs> I really think they will. Once you take it away, you know how much it means to you. It's one thing that has never really been taken away since it started. Totally. You know? Uh, yeah. What was, what was the pandemic like for you? What was your experience with it? Uh, it was, it was interesting because, uh, kind of boring, I guess, like it, it boring for everyone, but there wasn't <laughs> much. I didn't, I, I say this not as like a, uh, it's going to sound weird, but I don't feel like I lost much except for live music because 
I already had the show established. I can do this anywhere. I was doing show the first 150 episodes of the show I did for my car. So really, yeah, I have a studio now in, in Portland here at the equal vision office, um, equal vision records office. But, um, I, yeah, from my car or if, if I couldn't be in my car for some reason, it would be in like, I put, Oh, um, a blanket up in the bathroom or something to keep the kids quieter mm -hmm. or, um, random spots, classrooms, mm -hmm. like anywhere. It was like this rogue yeah. thing. <laughs> like I was squatting so I could do it anywhere. But, uh, as a commercial plumber in construction, like we were still working through the whole thing. I think we took a week off, but we were deemed yeah. essential because we we're building apartment buildings for people to live in. And so the, the company spun a legal loophole to say, Hey, mm -hmm. we have to, we have to get these like dried in because if we leave them open, it's going to ruin the plumbing. Uh, and totally. then people have nowhere to live. Granted, the building is still not done. Um, and it's still open to the air. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah. my kids were my, we were like my younger kids, we were homeschooling for the first couple of years. So that didn't change either. So the only thing that changed is I had to wear a mask when I went to the grocery store. Pretty much. Oh, we're still working and just living life as usual and doing your podcast. Well, that's cool that you didn't have to like shut everything down. Yeah. I was, I was incredible. I tell my family this, like we are incredibly great or uh, lucky to, yeah not be affected in the same way. But now I've been off work since work dried up. So I've been off work since Thanksgiving. So really? I'm just, yeah, just, just going for it without work until it comes back. Um, basically this is all boring stuff, but like with plumbing, the, the, when you're doing a building with like 500 rooms, you can't order 500 bathtubs now because the supply chain's broken because it's all made somewhere else. So totally now it's catching up and there's no work because you can't get the stuff, not because there's no jobs. Yeah. So anyway, that's how it was for me. What about for you? Because you, you had to shut everything down then. Yeah. I was supposed to do a few big tours that I was pretty excited about. Um, I was basically going to be going back and forth between two of my projects, my project miserable, which is like full band mm -hmm. and my project nightcrawler, which is kind of industrial noisy uh, noisy stuff, but I was going to do two, sh two showcases at Roadburn, and I was going to go on tour with Alex G, Sandy, Alex G. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was super excited about that because I I've really loved his music for a long time. So I was so excited about meeting him and touring with him. But then, uh, you know, I had like a three month tour planned and then everything got shut down and I was in New York my family's on the West coast and all my close friends are on the West coast. So I was pretty much alone and I didn't really understand what was going on. Like, I don't think anybody did when it first happened. I was just kind of like, what the fuck? So I can't travel. I can't fly to see my family, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there was all the, pro all the protests were going on in New York as well, which was also very intense. Um, and I tried to, I tried to stay productive and keep creating and stuff. Mm -hmm. but it was really, it was hard at times. Like I, I just felt like I didn't really want to do anything a lot of the time. Um, I, I made some music, but some days I just would sleep for like pretty much all day. Wow. Uh, it was just confusing. Like I was, you know, I didn't know when things were going to open again. I had no gauge of reality at that point, you know, mm -hmm. when we can't interact with each other and you're, you know, your primary source of income is, is music and shows and touring and all that shit. I, I was just very confused and lost and unsure what the future would look like for me. Um, so I think at first it was, it was pretty, 
confusing and I uh, was like upset, but then I started to settle into just being at home all the time. And I, I'm already kind of a homebody. So I was like, Oh, this is kind of like normal life. And I, now I just don't interact with people at all. Uh, but it was definitely had some very rough moments. Uh, and it was hard being away from my community, my family. Um, it was, it was a lot for me. It was an, it was an interesting time, but I'm good now. I feel like I came out on the other, on the other end of that. And I feel like most of us came out, um, transformed, I guess, or grateful or, Mm -hmm. I don't know, less, less bullshit. I think everyone kind of had to reassess their lives and their connections. And, you know, do I actually like what I'm doing? Like, who am I? I, Everybody I talked to was going through some type of awakening or soul searching Mm -hmm. when it hit. So I feel like everyone, everyone's doing better now. Yeah. I I really hope so. I mean, the, it's, it's true what you say there. Like you, you go through this transformation, like you see, and, and when I say like we didn't experience much on my end was, you know, except wearing a mask on the grocery store, you then see, you still see how important the cashiers at the grocery store are. The people that are like supplying food and water and services, like you still see that. And you see like, why aren't these people making $40 an hour? Like when it comes down to it, that's what matters. And that's what's so crazy to see. And you're, you're reassessing everything. And I mean, you're so in New York, what part of New York are you living in? In I'm in the city proper. Okay. So So you were, you were roommates? No, just by yourself. Yeah. By myself. Oh in the my city. God. Yeah. And I, it's funny. Cause my, my best friend, Isaac, who, who's from Portland had just moved to New York when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So like my saving grace, um, we would just drop acid and, and listen to music and lose our minds. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't think I would be okay right now if, if you wasn't there during that time. Yeah. Uh, I was like, the only real grounding force I had in my life, uh, when I was there. So that was nice, but yeah, it's, it's interesting being called an essential wor- worker and then making minimum wage. It's like, am mm-hmm. I an essential worker? Like, mm-hmm. why am I paid shit? You know, all these people are, are very valuable and we're putting themselves on the line during COVID to work and to serve people. Yeah. So I don't know, we need to reassess the whole, the whole system, the whole structure. Yeah, the but, pe- yeah. people with the worst insurance are on the front lines. Like it's exactly. it's terrible. It's it's really terrible. Uh, but hopefully we'll start seeing some some slow growth and slow change around all these fucked up issues. Yeah. Um, how I have a question. How long have you been doing the podcast for? How many years? Uh, almost five. Oh, dope! You've been October doing it for a while. October this year will be five years. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's. It's a, it's a, it's a project. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard doing podcasts is um, pretty tedious. It can be, except I approach it the same way I approached music, which I just let it flow. Like I don't, I don't, I say this on the show all the time, but I don't, I don't research. I don't, um, I don't have notes. Like I don't, it's literally my computer. Well, now it's my computer. It used to be just my recorder and microphone in my car. Now I have a computer, but I like to just talk like that's the way this show is, has pretty much always been like mm-hmm. the first 50 episodes I had notes. I would take meticulous notes and I never used them until mm-hmm. I think it was Jeff Rickley from that band Thursday 
I was interviewing him at the Roseland here in Portland and, and he looked at my notebook and he's like, are those your notes? And I said, yeah. He's like, you didn't even open them. I was like, you know what? You're right. I didn't. And so I stopped. I stopped and I was like, this is, I'm not engaged. If I'm looking at notes, thinking of the next question I want to ask, I'm not listening to what you're saying. I'm not totally. engaged. And that never, inter- I hated interviews when I was doing music because they would just ask you the same crap over and over again. Like, what yeah. are you going to say if I say, what do you, what, how do you feel about the new record? Of course you're going to say it's great because you just did it. Like, how's the tour going? Oh, it's fucking sucks. And I hate this band we're on tour with. No, you're not going to say that. You're going to answer it the right way. And that gives yeah. people nothing. It gives them nothing. It's just it's like very, tap water. Yeah, it's tap water. And my favorite is I the question I get asked, what's it like being a woman in music? Oh, I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, gee, wow, women haven't been doing music for ages, have they? Like, it's just such a question. I hate those kind of questions. <laughs> Typically in every interview, I get asked the same 10 questions and they're not very thoughtful. And it's it's definitely irritating. You know, I, I pass on a lot of the on a lot of the questions because I just I don't give a fuck and I don't want to answer some generic question. It's like, clearly you don't care. So why yeah. the fuck should I? onto this or answer these questions you didn't even do any research on who i am or what's going on here just asking very surface level questions and yeah so i think it's have conversations with with real people um i was going to ask you another question you said your your children were homeschooled for a few years for a few years yeah they they are still because we're still schools are open in oregon again but we they were still being homeschooled during the year so we just kept it that way yeah, I was uh, I was homeschooled for a little bit as well. Really? Yeah, when I was younger, I was homeschooled. Uh, I th- I don't know. I, I don't know if it. Uh, I think I'm a little weird socially, maybe because <laughs> of it. Uh, I, it was kind of cool because I feel like you can really find yourself when you're not surrounded by all the stress of being being in school and like all these personalities and bullies and stuff. So mm-hmm. I I. Just came out a unique character from not really having to interact with that whole system very much you know yeah how how long like when did you start going to actual school uh well when i was it was kind of on and off my family moved a lot but um i ended up graduating i I was bullied in high school i went to like a kind of a a high school i shouldn't have been at like a high school with rich kids Mm. white rich kids Mm -hmm. that so they just would pick on me like girls like spit in my hair and jesus christ i would eat lunch in the bathroom i was and i you know i was like a at the time i was like i guess i was like an indie girl i would wear like my purple corduroy pants and always had my headphones in you know i was listening mm-hmm. to like music and i looked i probably looked really weird but um i ended up I, I remember coming home from school and just like collapsing and crying and being like i can't do this anymore and so i ended up just graduating early, just working really hard and graduating a few years early. Um, because I just thought school was such bullshit. Um, yeah, I just, there's so many bullies. People can be so cruel and project their issues at home onto you. Mm -hmm. So I really, I'm super sensitive. I really didn't like being in that environment. And yeah, so I got out of there as quickly as possible, but I was, I was homeschooled when I was a kid for a while. And then yeah, it, I, I, it was kind of a shock going going to a public school after that. I was I was so like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, man, do you, do you, I'm I'm really sorry that happened to you. That's that's Fine. 
awful. I, I, I always try to, I wish I could go back and tell myself and other kids that high school is four years and then no one cares about who you were in high school anymore after that. Like everybody you, who was cool in high school ends up being some bro ass loser. <laughs> like I know they got bullied is a very well-adjusted, interesting person now. Mm-hmm. Like who's bullied in school is fucking amazing now. And everybody I know that was a bully in high school and middle, middle school isn't doing shit. Yeah. That's a hundred percent right. And I wish you could tell people then and have them believe you that that's the case. You know, we lose so many young children, young people to suicide and drugs and everything else to where like to cope with, with, Mm -hmm. or to get out of what they're experiencing then. But life gets so much better when you can be, you know, you're out of that element and you're, you're starting your life. Like you just, it's hard to convince them of that because you're in it. Like you don't know beyond that. It's awful. The, they can't see outside of that bubble of like acceptance and approval and popularity. It's like, this is my, this little bubble is my world. And this is my, re- this is going to be my reality for forever. You know? Yeah. yeah. I was super, super depressed in school. Very suicidal. Oh my God. Hard, you know, I think, I think a lot of, I think a lot of kids struggle with that, Yeah. you know, getting it and feeling like they don't belong and wanting the approval of their, classmates or you know having issues at home and then going to school and then having even more issues with their peers it's it's stressful like kids kids can be so so cruel that's that's been my experience in in school man yeah i've i 100 percent agree because i i was i'm i'm six foot five 370 pounds like i, I was the tallest kid in school every school i went to um yeah no i got picked <laughs> i got picked on all the time because we I, there. I was nice. Like I didn't, I didn't know I'm not a violent person, but yeah. I, I, I didn't know my strength. Like they would, it was like prison rules. Like they would come up and pick on the biggest guy first to establish dominance or whatever, you know? And yeah, I would get picked on by wise. these little guys, like that were just like super witty and stuff until I started to realize I can fight back. And I, you know, I, I, I think I actually used my fists one time because I couldn't take it anymore. And then it just stopped. All of it stopped. I was never made fun of again in school. Um, Yeah. But I felt horrible about it. It didn't feel good about it. Um, And I would just try to make friends with those people that then started avoiding me because like, oh shit, like, okay, party's over. I would try Mm -hmm. to, I actually started a band with one of them. And uh, yeah, we're friends to this day. But he used to make fun of me on the bus every day, every single day. And Damn, uh, the- yeah, wild. That do- that does work though. Killing people with kindness, it really it really can disarm some real evil ass motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Because that was in Alaska. That was in Alaska. Yeah, I, I I graduated high school and then moved down. So all my schooling, except for some college, was in in Alaska. So, um, yeah, and then starting bands early in high school, like that, kind of helped establish friends outside of the high school. And then when people see that, hey, you have a CD coming out, like they're like, whoa, like who is this person? You know, you're not, you're no longer that, you know, tall, goofy person anymore. You actually have something to, that they want to be a part of that they can't do. Totally. It's weird. What did you, and what's that? What did you play in Portugal? A guitar. Dope. And you, why did you make the choice to, to quit music? It's kind of, (laughs) it's kind of a weird one. I, I, so 
we were all in bands together before Portugal the Man, and and uh, when we broke up, we had a band called Anatomy of a Ghost that was on Fearless Records, and we, all of us together. Oh yeah, I know Anatomy of a Ghost. Oh shit. Okay, then you know. Dude, I love them. Awesome. Okay, that's the band we started back like right when we moved from Alaska. Um, I had started writing songs, and and I was the singer still as well because I was the only one who could sing. Wait, of Anatomy, you were the singer of Anatomy of a Ghost at first. <laughs> At first, and and so John uh, from Portugal, the singer of Portugal, man, um, still lived in Alaska. So two of my guys went back home for Christmas, and John started showing them some songs he was writing. And they're like, yeah. they asked me, like, do you still want to sing? I was like, well, I will if I have to. Like, what if we brought John down here and see how he does? I was like, okay, mm-hmm. cool, let's do it. So John moved down, and we started writing songs together, and that became Anatomy of a Ghost uh, that got signed to Fearless. Um and so that's how it started. It lasted a couple of years. Then we broke up, I think in Florida somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And they wanted to start Portugal, the man, John and Zach. And I wanted to do something heavier because that's, mm-hmm. I like playing heavier music live. It's just who I am. When um, you say heavy, what kind of, what, what do you mean? Uh, I started a band called the burning room. That's like super, uh, I'm not a, like a trained guitar player. I, I, um, <laughs> I just, you know, I play by feel just like I do this show. Like I do everything by feel. Any good guitar player is, is the same way. Any, any guitar player worth shit is probably self-taught. I agree <laughs> with you there. I, everything, all our songs were based on concepts. Like I want it to sound like this. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make it sound like that. And it was a one guitar player band and I was, I was writing all the music and we put out a record on Media Scare called We Invented Thunder back in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then Portugal called me up and they're like, hey, we're doing some shows with Dredge. Do you want to come play with us? I was like, yeah, sure. And that ended up staying on uh, for mm-hmm. a while. And we toured with a band called Poison the Well, who we oh, became really Poison good friends well with. Okay. Do you yeah, know those I guys? Grew, I grew up with, I don't know them, but I grew up on like a bunch of like screamo hardcore emo shit like mm-hmm. poison the well anatomy of a ghost were two of my favorites so that's really that's fun hilarious it's taking, me back. <laughs> it's taking me back hearing you talk about this I, I forgot about anatomy of a ghost and now i'm probably going to listen to anatomy of a ghost after we get off this oh, call shit. <laughs> <laughs> those guys are going to kill me now because they they they, they <laughs> somewhat distance themselves from that band because it's like the at the drive-in mars volta kind of thing but not there's there's more of a gap there uh yeah, genre wise <laughs> yeah but they would be surprised like a lot of really incredible people that i knew were obsessed with that band wow like obsessed in my home t- in one of my hometowns i lived in mm-hmm. it, they were obsessed with anatomy of the ghost really did we play there yeah i i don't know i never saw i never saw them live but my friend Lindsay told me about you guys mm-hmm. and i listened to it and i was like this is so sick and then i was listening to like poison the well Okay. And just a bunch of random emo shit. Um, but you know, my, my introduction to music, I guess I would have to call it secular music because I was raised super fucking Christian Mm. and I wasn't really technically allowed to listen to anything but Christian music Mm -hmm. unless my dad would, you know, spin records at the house, like classic rock, you know, he could do whatever he wanted or he'd play some, you know, Iranian disco cassettes that were really cool my mom only listened to christian music and she was pretty strict and they would do these you know church camp things where they would have you come and burn all your secular records anything that wasn't christian but um i would hide in the the garage at my older sister's house um and i would listen to this radio station in davis called kdvs and i would 
I would find new music from there and I would just kind of hide out there and find it. And then I would go to Best Buy with friends and I would buy records that I technically wasn't, wasn't supposed to have. And I had like a Walkman and I'd listened. I remember buying, um, XO by Elliot Smith and, uh-huh. uh, good morning by Alkaline trio. I had some Reggie in the full effects. I just, I grabbed random things, not knowing what they were yeah. because I was kind of living under a rock, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I grabbed records that I thought looked interesting. I did, I grabbed some modest mouse and they all kind of blew my mind. And then I was listening to KDBS and I found some music that way. I got introduced to like gang of four through that radio station. Mm-hmm. But then my my friends that were really into Screamo showed me like Poison the Well and a bunch of shit like that, which just blew my mind. I was like, this is so amazing. And Thursday, yeah, all that kind of shit. This is hilarious. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I can't believe that. This is more than I've ever talked about Anatomy of a Ghost on this show in almost uh, 230 yeah, episodes. Guys, <laughs> when I when I when I lived in um Sacramento and and also this place called Vacaville, which mm-hmm. means Cowtown. Yeah, yeah. Um, everybody in Vacaville was obsessed with Anatomy of a Ghost. Man, like, y- y'all were one of the coolest, coolest fucking bands. Well, thank you very much. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then got into shit. I was super into like Hot Cross and Sasha. Yeah, shit like that. They were like a huge, huge influence on me. Wow. Huge. Yeah. That's incredible. I I yeah. I love hearing that. I, I so Sacramento. We played. We played in Sacramento a few times. We played the the how oh, it's called like the Capitol Garage or like uh, oh yeah that place was really cool. I you know I may have seen you live. I have I have very 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 poor memory, mm-hmm. um, probably due to trauma and to ADHD. But I have a really hard time re- remembering things. So there is a chance I saw you live, but I definitely know I was bumping your music. Man, there's, very often. there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you're like, are you like triggered from hearing from talking about this? You're like having PTSD. <laughs> no, for you, like to unpack with you, like, like, uh, you know, just, just, it's crazy. Like the, the, from bullying to like, you were talking about trauma, like the, the, um, the ADHD stuff, I struggle with that too. I've, I literally have an appointment next week to get like diagnosed officially. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I have no organization or anything. It can be so many different things that get diagnosed. Like it could be mild bipolar. It could be borderline personality disorder. It could mm-hmm. be ADHD. It could be autism. Like people misdiagnose symptoms sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that stuff is also just due to um, PTSD and trauma as well. The, some of the symptoms. So I had to learn a lot about it, but I can't take Adderall, uh, because I have just like really bad reaction to it. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what to do at this point. I just kind of, I kind of wake up and I'm like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, you were raised in a strict Christian upper. I was raised in a Mormon household. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. 
first new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equalvision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. 
There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I was, I was actually just talking with a friend about being raised Mormon. Um, yeah. It's wild yeah, ride, it's, man. It's, it's interesting. My um, my best friend Amanda, who lives in Berlin, she she was raised real strict Mormon and basically got excommunicated with, with from her family because she was like, I I don't fuck with this shit. Mm-hmm. So, it yeah, it can be really traumatizing. It um, is, and very strict. You know, it's like no no fun allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. Uh, my mom was that way. My dad was yeah. a convert, so he's a little looser. I remember him breaking yeah. my Dr. Dre the Chronic CD twice. Oh hell no! <laughs> I bought How it twice, and he me. snapped it. He's like, "This is a pot leaf on here." Is that what that is, Dad? You're all and and bitch. What what about it? I thought it was a fern, and yeah, Beastie Boys, all that stuff. Like he would break it once I got into punk rock. He didn't care anymore. He was just like, "This is cool. I like this stuff." So, yeah, I loved um, Beastie Boys. I loved Paul's Boutique. Yeah, I, I love that record. That's the one I had. And uh, really, they read the lyrics and they they trashed that too. So, but yeah, uh, how did that affect you being raised in that kind of environment, and then proceeding to do music that would possibly be considered to be the devil's music? <laughs> that's what was weird about it. Is my dad was supportive of it. my dad went to every show he could. He he you know, is there any gear you need? Like, do you need some, like, like uh, let me find a drum set or something on, on like a, at a garage sale or something like that. So you guys have something to use. He loved music before he converted. He still did, but really? my was mom was like raised in it. Played- I so, see. Was he, was your dad a musician? No, no, but he had a radio hmm. show. He did a volunteer radio show Thursday nights on this little Island called Petersburg that we lived on in Alaska. And, um, yeah it was crazy i got to go watch him do it and he would just it was free and he just did every thursday it played it friday um at three o'clock and he would just jam you know like tom petty records and and heart and stuff like that and um so sick it was awesome but like yeah once i got into the punk stuff like for some reason he just he saw was i was doing something and he was proud of that and he always supported it my mom like i think he drug her to one show I think she asked me, how's your, how's your little show going now? Like with the podcast. And I was like, you haven't listened to it still. Like we're 230 episodes in like my dad. Yeah, Sometimes I can't, it doesn't have anything to do with you. 
but it sounds like you followed in your dad's um, footsteps because you kind of you also have a radio voice, so it makes sense that you're doing oh, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> face face for radio. No, uh, yeah, I, I I sound a lot like him. If I played clips from his show, uh, uh, I sound a lot like him. So it's kind of creepy to to play him side by side because uh, he died in 2019. So. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. It, it's it, yeah. It's it's thank you. It's 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 a weird road to lose a parent. Yeah. Um, but wow. Yeah, you, I have all those tapes of his shows and stuff like that, which hopefully uh, my kids will be able to listen to all this stuff that I yeah. did. You know, to have a voice recorded is yeah super special. And he would be so proud that you're you're kind of carrying on his legacy in a more modern way, I guess. Yeah, he was. He he listened to every episode. He he would call me like Aww. I almost peed my pants because I did. He didn't know how to pause it on the iPad, so he would like oh. wait till the episode. And some of them are like three hours long. And he's like, I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to lose my spot. And I had to pee so bad, but I didn't want to get up, and so I almost pissed my pants <laughs> oh <laughs> trying my to finish the name? episode. John. John. Yeah. Big John. John. Big, Big John. John. He sounded like a he sounded like a sweetheart. Oh, he was. But he yeah, he Aww. was I asked him too at the and you may you got out of out of church sounds like pretty pretty uh hardcore and so did I. But when when I had my last conversation with him, I mm -hmm. asked him because he was gonna have heart surgery. So he's like, Is there anything you want to ask me? I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Because he had a feeling he wasn't coming out of it either. Um mm. and he didn't. But I said when you if you, for some reason, like I asked him, do you, do you actually believe this still? Like, do you, do you really believe this? And he said, yeah, I do. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I can respect that. But I said, you know, if you see a light and you could come back here, you can go towards that light. What are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to come back here. I was like, really? Aww. Okay. And he really still believed in it. Whether he mm -hmm. told himself that or not, like he told me he did. And I was still shocked because I was like, that's not the kind of person you are. Like, you're not that person. Like you married into yeah. it. Yes. But you're not that guy. Um, yeah, maybe he just needed something to, you know, I feel like when death, death is around, it can maybe be a little bit intimidating and scary. So I think a lot yeah. of people do turn to faith and religion to cope with death, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what was your, your Christian upbringing? What kind of Christian upbringing? Like what, what, what were like, was it just, like uh, uh, it was uh, like you know. Do you know what charismatic Christianity Christianity is? Are those the? Do they do the exorcisms and stuff? Yeah, they do exorcisms, and they believe you can raise the dead. They speak in yeah. tongues. They yeah, it's all that. It's I all did, that stuff. Really? Um, yeah, it was. Very, I mean, now it's like, oh, that was interesting. But um, being exposed to that at such a young age mm -hmm. was a uh, really really crazy. That's insane. Really like, that's that that can that can leave some marks as far as in your yeah, in your mind. It definitely made me uh I feel like I'm a little bit weird from a lot of the things. I mean, not only that, my parents are both immigrants. Um, so they're weirdos. <laughs> they were already weirdos. Um where are they and from? My dad's from Iran, my mom's from Serbia. Oh, okay. Um but they came here when they were little. Mm -hmm. They they met at a disco in Sacramento, California and fell in love. But um, wow. my dad was in the occult and my mom was in her own way as well. And then they both had their come to Jesus moments. They both had supernatural experiences, so they say, with, with Christ. Uh-huh. And um yeah, especially for my mom. She had a she had a pretty crazy one. And then after that she was just fully committed to the cause, you know? Yeah. 
and yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot of stuff. I mean, I can't, I can't talk about a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really talk about too much of it in interviews. Just Oh, sure. Absolutely. For privacy purposes of my family. Like I've already said too much. And when I, when I did my first interview for, for Rolling Stone, I, I didn't realize, you know, how it would affect my family. Uh-huh. And, you know, they, they weren't happy about me talking about stuff, but I, I was just processing, I was really angry and I was processing everything that I'd been through. And I didn't realize how, <laughs> I didn't even really realize like how interviews worked or like the tons of people. I, I just didn't, I would just, I just answered the questions. And then I woke up one day when it came out after my, um, my first EP doubt came out mm-hmm. and I had so many text messages and calls and emails. And I was like, Oh, I, I just like started looking through and I was like, what have I done? Like, Oh my God, this is going to be a thing now. And then after that, you you make, you answer one question and say one thing. And then all the way from 2000 fucking 15, 2014 to 2021, people are like, cold survivor, king woman. And, you know, they just, they want oh. that, you know, you know uh, what is it? The headline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I've definitely had people twist my, like journalists twist my words which is so fucking traumatizing and um, he's just totally misquoting me and shit like that. So it's rough, but uh, I try to, I try to keep it low key. Like I don't, I don't give out way too much information about that, but yeah, it was, it was really, I'm in a better place now. Um, I, I'm trying to, trying to process all that pain and trauma and I just kind of put it into my, into my music, you know? Yeah, are you are you still there? I can I can barely hear you. Oh really? Yeah, I got like really muffled and like there's like a, almost like going through a not going through a tunnel but going through like a bunch of stuff. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yeah. So you okay. you said you said uh, I got the gist of it. I think. Um, and like this this show isn't about that. Like we go wherever you want to go, but there's yeah, no so headline grabbing. Cool. You know it's what just, I mean? Like I yeah, I actually I like hate I it. Be- when they yeah, pick I feel up like stuff, I would be friends with you in real life. You're, you're a really cool person. I appreciate that. I, I yeah. it's, it, likewise, I, I get <laughs> mad when I see a, a pull quote from one of my shows on Loudwire or Rolling Stone or Billboard or any of that stuff because it, it's always taken out of context and it's always something always. that didn't need to be there. Yep. Um, you know, and I've I'd maybe maybe four times I've been asked to take some stuff out, and I absolutely will because I don't mm-hmm. I don't that's the other thing with the show I don't edit them like. When, yeah. we, when we started talking, that's when it records. And then that's, that, that's where the episode starts. Like it don't yeah. do a whole, like uh, go through and cut out ums and ahs and things like that because it's not natural. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I hate that. Like the over edited stuff. I just can't stand it. It's, it's, you're, it's no longer a conversation if you're cutting like the nuances out. And totally. then you pull I, I these just parts. did a podcast with my friend, Kat Jones. She does this podcast about love called hot blooded, but, and, she kind of had to edit some things out because I couldn't stop crying when she was asking me questions. Oh my God. (laughs) It's just like, she was talking about love and uh, I just got so emotional. Not, she didn't cut much out, but like there were some pauses that were just me crying and she had to like, you know, move it along basically. Wow. (laughs) But it was really, it was really cool talking to her about, about stuff. I'm going to have to check that out. That's an awesome name for a podcast. Yeah. Especially with that topic. A really amazing podcast. And we weren't really anticipating this, but it did so well. I still get messages about it. People are like, I cried when I listened to your hot blooded episode with Kat Jones. Like it, it helped me so much. Cause I was just, you know, I, we, I, we were, um, in Sacramento, which is 
I mean, I guess I consider Oakland and Sacramento to be my hometown because I moved around a lot growing up. But mm-hmm. I was in Sacramento visiting my family and Kat happened to be there. And she was like, yo, let's do this podcast because I had turned her down before I was too emotional um, about like a situation I'd been in. I was like, I can't I can't talk about love right now. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to do it. But uh, it, it was really it was definitely very uncensored, very vulnerable podcast episode. Yeah. And but being with one of your friends, that's that's the way to do it. You know, if, if you're going to put yeah. it out there and and uh, do, you, do you feel it helped you? Yeah, like that episode, I, you, you know, felt really better afterward. And I, I really respect her. She's just such an incredible person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel really safe with her, you know, mm-hmm. she's like she knows me and she's just such a, I don't know if you know her, but she's such a, she's such a badass. So I don't, I'm going to check this out. I'm pretty selective about that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but, um, I felt like it was the right move to, to do that with her. You know, you just doing interviews and podcasts, you just never know what kind of person you're going to like personalities you're going to be talking to and what their agenda is behind having a conversation with you. If they want to like paint you a certain way. So I, I get a little paranoid about that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you decided to come on this one because it, yeah, I know it can be weird. Cool. I will definitely, I will definitely be seeing you next time I play in Portland. Yeah. I would love that. I, I would absolutely yeah. love that. That's one thing with Monica. Like I tell her like, you know, it's, it's not, she knows, she knows my show now. Like she knows it's funny. She's introduced me to some of my closest friends, uh, really? like Yvette from Covet and Phil from Caspian. Like I didn't know them before. Yvette's been on three, almost four times. Like, mm-hmm. just like, Hey, do you want to talk to this, to, to this person? And yeah, I do. And then afterwards it's, it's just all like we keep in touch. Like, and same with Phil from Caspian, who, who's a client of hers too. It like, and I just tell her, I email her all the time. Like, thank you for mm-hmm. introducing me to these people because you know, she works with the best people. Like she's, she's fantastic. And she refuses to come on the show cause she wants to stay behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. but Monica is seriously responsible for several like probably will be lifelong friendships that have come out of Aww. just doing the show, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, cause she knows That's- I'm going to take care of the person. I'm not going to yeah. like, like throw people under the bus and try to get them to say things that, you know, she'll listen to the episode and, and email me and, and be into it because she's like, wow, yeah. I haven't heard him talk about that before, you know? And I tell her too, like, yeah, totally. we're not going to talk about the new record probably. <laughs> like that's just not what yeah. we do. And I try to be honest with, with publicists because yeah. that's not, that's not what people want. If they want to hear the record, listen to the record, you know, Yeah, they want to hear, they want to hear like the soul of the artist and just some real genuine conversation. But I feel like some of the greatest friendships I've made have been through music, like lifelong friends, touring with people, meeting people at shit, like some, even fans that I met years ago are my good friends now, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I feel really lucky. Um, it's, it's cool. You know, in some ways touring is really cool because you get to meet so many different people that you would otherwise never come in contact with. And that's one of the blessings of doing, you know, tours, but you know, at the same time, it can be very taxing. Yeah. I feel like I've lost about 10 years of my life touring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about, think of it literally, like if you took, if you went into, uh, you know, like into a crowded room of people, Granted, when people come to see you play, most of them probably know who you are and what you do and are a fan of what you're doing. Some got dragged there by people. Some saw mm-hmm. the name look cool and wanted to check it out. Some people are working totally. there. If you walked mm-hmm. into like a Walmart and just stood there, like stood in the middle of a Walmart, crowded Walmart, and just started shouting exactly what these songs are about, right? Just mm-hmm. out of nowhere. 
just literally like this, you know, this happened, this happened, blah, 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 blah. People are going to look at you like you're crazy. And it's terrifying. It'd be terrifying, like telling people all these things that you then go and do that exact thing with a microphone every night in a room of yep. people with, a, you know, like-minded people. But it's the same thing. You're going to strangers and exposing yourself yeah. with and performing at the same time. Like it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying and it's beautiful. So like, but it's also incredibly intimate and you know, you're bearing your soul. Like I feel like a lot of times people in bands have a more intimate relationship than husbands and wives do because I was just saying that I was saying that, um, being in a relationship with a band is more intense than being in a marriage. I've never been married, but I, I feel like, I feel like it's more intense. Yeah. You're, I mean, how, how, I mean, of course you, you tell your husband and wife or whatever about what's going on or what you're feeling to a certain degree, but you don't express it purely unadulterated, like full on pure, like you do when yeah. you're playing music. And music totally. connects everybody. It connects every, even if you don't listen to music, your foot taps in that Buffalo Wild Wings, if you've never heard music before, like it's, it's in you, right? Like you hear it and your foot starts tapping or, you know, you don't have to know what's doing. I got a guy at work that asked me what a drum beat was. He's in a religion that they don't, they're not allowed to listen to music. He asked me what a what? drum beat was. And I was like, have, and I do the Buffalo Wild Wings. Have you ever been, you know, in a restaurant with a bunch of TVs and, and like music playing? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, you know that thing you bob your head to or tap your foot to? That's a drum beat. And he's like, really? Okay. So, and I'm like he explaining really this to him. Drum- he's an adult. He really? Wow. That's crazy. It's wild. It's wild. Wow. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, but he still touched him, right? Like his foot was moving. Like it, it's, I can't even, I, I could describe it all day, but music is way more intimate than most things. And I don't think people really realize it until they yeah. do it themselves it's definitely intimate and it's it can be so stressful and emotional working with other people and different personalities with different opinions on things um it's in, it's definitely intense i don't um i don't particularly feel uh afraid getting on stage or anything like that it's just pretty i used to be really shy when i first started doing music but now it's just like I'm like texting on my phone and I'm like, Oh, I got to get on stage now. Okay. You know, <laughs> which I, I don't, it's a miracle that it turned into that, but I, yeah, cause I used yeah. to be such a, such a severely shy individual, but now I'm just like, oh, okay, another show. Here we go. Yeah. Get on stage. But when you're on stage, then it all comes back to the, the moment or, yeah. or is it muscle memory for you at this point? Some people, it goes both ways. I don't know, I don't know what it is. You know, there are moments where it, if it's like a really big show or usually hometown shows where it's like, everyone's really am- anticipating me to put on, you know, put it on. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to really bring it tonight. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> that's kind of, it's, it's better to have some sort of excitement and anxiety, just symptom of being alive and feeling things I feel. So, I mean, it, I guess it's good to just feel anything to be a little bit excited or nervous or anxious. Yeah. Yeah, it just lets you know you're still into it. Yeah, you're still a human totally. being. You know, you, exactly. Those days when you were during the pandemic where you were sleeping all day, like you probably didn't feel much except for down or dull or yeah. numb. Where if you could take that the other direction, yep. it just opens your world. I exactly. Can't, I can't imagine going through what what has just occurred in an apartment 
more I'm just guessing an apartment by myself mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in a city that's so magical uh, mm-hmm. and wonderful. But you can totally this is the weird thing is you can totally be anonymous in New York if you want to be. You can totally. blend into the crowd and no one will ever know who you are, even though you're seeing people every second. Yep. But then to actually forcefully be anonymous, like in a spot alone in a city that has so much to offer can be a complete mind fuck the other direction. It's just wild to think about. I can't even imagine what you were dealing with in there because I would go absolutely insane. I would, my depression would take over. I would just, I would probably sleep or just start picking at the wall or something like it. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I know uh, for sure. It was definitely intense, but now I'm chilling by the pool in LA and I feel great. <laughs> what um I love I mean, that. <laughs> life's good now. I'm fine. I'm yeah, fine. Hell yeah. Um, I have a question. What have you been listening to lately? Man, I it depends. Like I've been listening to okay. So there I've I talk uh, uh I I talk about people I've had on the show all the time, on the show all the time. But um I've really what's the guy's name? He's a German pianist um oh ha- i'm not going to remember the name um but he's super i i don't know why i can't remember the name ha- um super like prolific tons of records but he records um this is going to drive me nuts now i've been listening it's just been on my my spotify um but he he records everything so he records he like mics the pedals and every so you hear his bench squeak, and you mm-hmm. hear um, uh, from 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 uh, shit. This is send really me, gonna this send is really, me after this. I'll send you some stuff. You can send me okay. some music. So I've been listening to him a lot, and I will actually mm-hmm. cry sometimes on some of these. Like, oh, like I'm sure it's 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 uh, Nils Fromm. Nils Fromm is his name. Okay, um, I'm not familiar. A German. Uh, pianist and oh my god it's it's incredible um i heard i was shown or told about him uh my buddy chino from the deftones showed him to me like he's like i've been listening to this and like crying and it's exactly exactly what uh i needed but i listened to that um i've been listening to uh, a band called why a lot i love mm-hmm. that band i don't know if you've uh, mm-hmm. they were originally from oakland uh, now in yeah, Cincinnati. I faintly remember them. I can't remember their music, but I know who they are. Yeah, incredible, incredible group. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to a lot of Nick Cave. Um, yes, a I'm lot of doing a cover of Staggerly. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my God! With who, like <laughs> like with which project? Um. Well, I can't really say too much, but okay. it's it'll be out soon. This isn't going to come out till July, just in case. So um, Monica yeah, said yeah, to yeah. hold it. So, um, but I, you have to like send me that somehow because yeah, I yeah. love you'll, that you'll song. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah, god. We actually yeah, met well, Nick Cave once. I, yeah, I met him. It was really dope. I Dude. got to hang out with him. It was cool. He's amazing. So you, you yeah. got to hang out with him. That's amazing. We ran into him mm-hmm. outside of a pizza place it, by really? the Crystal Ballroom, and we ran out of the pizza place. To like, dude, no way! <laughs> like, literally left our food and ran outside because he was just cruising by in this big brown leisure suit. Like, oh my god, it was it was something legend. else. But, Absolute uh, legend, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of that stuff. Um, there's this band Drug Church I've been listening to a lot. Um, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but my problem is I've got a lot of great records too at home, but my son's autistic and Mm -hmm. he doesn't like the yelling records. So I've been putting on a lot of peaceful stuff like Jay Mascus and, uh, Phoebe Bridgers and, um, stuff like that stuff. That's very relaxing for him because if there's yelling or loud guitars, he doesn't like it. Upsets him. Yeah. I I get that. Sensitive soul. Yeah. What about you? Um, let me look, let me look through my, uh, catalog here on my phone. <laughs> Just King woman all the way. Well, I've, <laughs> one thing I've been listening to on Matt Relic, but <laughs> King woman, no, uh, just, I've been listening to, um, maggot brain by funkadelic, like on repeat mm-hmm. and by the pool, I'm just chilling by the pool. I play that whole record through. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the new Amon Ra. They have a new, they have a new uh, single out. Okay. Um, and I really like that. And then, uh, what else? Uh, Stooges. Which Stooges yeah. record? Funhouse. I Funhouse is one of my favorite records. Oh of yeah. All time. Um, yeah. So that, what else I got here? Amon Ra did a shit. record with Sun, didn't they? I'm not sure. Oh, I have man. no idea. Maybe, probably. Also, I've been listening to this um, just as a joke. Um, Steven Seagal did a song <laughs> called uh, "It's Called Strut." <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking funny. So I just listened to that because it's a funny song. Turnstile has a new single out called "Mystery" that I really like. I'm just looking through my music right now and seeing what I've been listening to. Yeah. Um, what else? Silk the Shocker. Uh, what else? Master P. Master P. Yeah. Wow. Uh, just some old, old shit. What else I got in here? Um, this guy Viper. Uh, my friend, uh, Big Slugathor. No, uh, that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's what I've been listening to. Mo- mostly just Funkadelic, though. Mm-hmm. I've been on, on a Funkadelic kick. <laughs> that's awesome. I just, I just chill in the pool. And yeah. I just, like, zone out. Man, have but, you heard the new Deaf Heaven stuff? No. It's incredible. They, they, put have, out a new rec- they put out a new record? It, they put out a new single. The record, I think, is probably done. Uh, but the new single is out, and it's it's amazing. There's clean vocals on it. Like, it's super super dense like it's it's really cool uh i, I, kathy I know kathy was telling me kathy was telling me that george was going to do a record of him him singing mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting that'll yeah. be interesting to hear i really like sunbather uh, oh it's one of my favorites really great one of my yeah, favorites truly great record insane but uh yeah man is so i'm trying to think where we played in oakland i think it was called the stork club or oh something my like God. that that place is the worst. I'm so sorry you had to oh, play there. Oh, it was awful. It was horrendous. Like it was there. We played for the bartender and like a really drunk woman. That Wait, which band? Anatomy, Anatomy of a Ghost. Ghost. Holy shit! Yeah, you know I'm gonna go listen to an. Which record are you singing on? <laughs> I need to know. Oh, I'm not. I'm. I sing all throughout it. So like the it's the only record we put out. So um, before that, this was before we got signed. So like um. I'm the one I think singing I had a on CD. I had a burned CD of your music. Okay. So we, we, well, we wrote two records. The The second record, the label hated it. And we, they chopped those up and made them Portugal man songs. But, um, uh, like the main one that I sing the most on is called satellites and fists. 
and it's uh okay. it's on Evan S that record and then final transmission I sing some uh but mainly once John took over singing I didn't do much I did background stuff and then like screams and stuff um dope but that's it so like in the rest is just guitar so um but yeah then the <sighs> yeah John's just a way better singer he was way more uh uh he had a better range I mean of course it was really high but he had a way better range he was a better songwriter he he could vision he could visualize things start to finish before he started mm-hmm. it I couldn't do that I had to piece things together logically and so he yeah. was way more prolific with that and it worked way better um, yeah but uh, do you think you'll ever do another project again probably I've got I've, I actually had a fan from the show build he actually built me a custom guitar with an aluminum neck like he made by hand it was crazy it's called Thunderbolt Guitars is oh, his company dope. it's insane dope. like my exact specifications what I wanted like a Tele Deluxe swamp ash body with a aluminum neck like hand sanded it's beautiful and so and i've got my all my gear and i I play still i play for my kids and stuff but as far as another project i would love to do something where uh i like made a record and then let other people sing on each song and and uh Mm kind of send it around to friends that you know uh or maybe have friends play like have chris from poison will play drums on a track or like um what are they doing poison well yeah, do they do still play or like what's their deal? They do. They get back together and do like a weekend of shows. So like opposite to opposite of December has like an anniversary. They'll get together and play a weekend of shows in California or they'll do a weekend of shows in Florida. Um, Chris is playing for Greg Pucchiato from Dillinger, his solo stuff. Cool. He's Dope. also playing for Danny Harrison, the uh, child of George Harrison from the Beatles. Um Dope playing drums for them ryan ryan primack i believe is a production manager at the el ray theater mm-hmm. and then uh jeff i think is doing stuff with video games or something like working in video games or something i'm not sure um Dope. and then everyone else is is kind of hired on so like vadim from uh this day forward plays guitar for them when they tour and then i don't remember the bass player's name um because i didn't tour with that i didn't tour when they were in the band, it was still the original guys. So, um, anyway, but then yeah, Derek from Poison Mold does a band called Sleigh Bells, which are really oh, yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, they're cool. I like them. Yeah. So it's, I mean, everyone's doing cool stuff. I think, I think for a lot of them, Poison Mold is kind of just back burner. Like we'll play some shows when it's, when it makes sense, but I don't think any of them are into making new music with Poison Mold. Yeah, totally. But, uh, you know, that happens. If they asked Anami would go get back together, I guarantee John John would say no. <laughs> Probably Zach too. Yeah. He's all hell no. Yeah. Like they're He's playing. Like, Let's put that in the past. <laughs> they're Let's on Obama's the Obama's playlist for Portugal the Man. They're not gonna go back to Anatomy of a Ghost. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Once so, the Grammy comes in, it's like, all right, we're just gonna do this now. <laughs> dude, I can't even believe that you played in that band. That is like taking me so far back. Like I was just talking to a friend about we were going back and forth about emo music that we used to listen to. Yeah. And just, he was dropping some names that I haven't heard in a while. And I was like, Holy shit. And I was just remembering all this shit, like shows I would go to and times that people broke my heart and just like seeing some of these bands live, just names I haven't thought of or heard in so long. Yeah. So it's always fun talking about this kind of shit. 
Oh yeah, I I love it. But it's always funny when I go back and listen to it. It's nowhere near as good as it sounded like it was gonna be. <laughs> no, but at the time, at the time you were like, "Whoa, yeah, this is amazing." Yeah, I remember walking into the studio. Uh, John had done vocals by himself, uh, and I hadn't heard them yet on this song because we were just writing it in the studio, and it was called "On the Morning Stars," and. I walked in and Chris Crummett pushed, you know, the space bar and the song started playing. I was like, okay, this sounded pretty good. Then the vocals came in. I was like, whoa, okay, now it makes sense. And yeah. I remember that moment, but then I go back and listen to it now and it almost makes me cringe sometimes. <laughs> but you know, those moments that those songs made you feel things, they're, that's so important. Like at the time it was like mind blown, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> those moments are so important. Absolutely. It's like something that made you feel alive and like, like you, you were doing something important and I can definitely listen back to some things I've done and be like, oh, girl, girl, what were you thinking? Why did you do this? <laughs> I will tell you that video that Monica sent me though, was terrifying that like terrifying. Like I was just like, wow this is incredible like like the the camera's just like was the camera just on a on a on a uh little yeah it was track? just circling around yeah it was just on a track and it was just going, like me, smoking but... a cigarette and just the makeup and the like i noticed later there's like a little like the front like the very front of your hair looks like it's like parted and like in this little like point kind of deal like it, yeah. i was just noticing things and then like the the ripped off wings like the yeah that was intense Except man I was channeling my inner Joker, my inner Joker and my inner Nick Cave for that video. For yeah. Sure. God damn it. Hanging with Nick yeah. Cave. I'm we could do a whole episode on that. I yeah. Well, my, my best friend knows him. So he got us like VIP tickets. And <sighs> um, so then he like came back for like a meet and greet and we like got to hang out with him and talk to him. And I was just like, I remember I had a leather jacket on. And it was hanging off my shoulders, like my arms weren't in it. And he walked up to me and shook the sleeve and started hysterically laughing because like my arm wasn't in it. And he thought it was so funny that he did that. And I was just like, I love you. <laughs> <You're amazing. laughs> oh, my God. I love it. That's so I love him. awesome. I cannot wait to hear the Stagger Lee cover. I, it's one of my favorite Nick Cave songs. It's one of the first ones I heard, actually, which is probably why it sticks with me as much. And yeah also like the the gratuitous uh swearing is awesome too <laughs> i know it's so amazing i i got asked to do this and I, I wanted to cover a nick cave song um and he's he's definitely one of my main inspirations for for king woman mm -hmm. um but when i got asked to do that i was like <laughs> you know i'm gonna do that <laughs> absolutely yeah that song i love it yeah that's fantastic what do you what do you like about him i love his i love that he just seemingly doesn't care like he just he's he's who he is Effortless. he has yeah like like if you listen to uh or that record he put out that he did was just him and the piano idiot prayer mm -hmm. where he's just like i'm just gonna go sit in this place and put some mics up and record and that's all you need you don't need the yeah. band. You don't need anything. And anything he did before the birthday party, Grinder Man, like as long as he's there, it's fine. Like he can yeah. be whoever he wants to be. And it seems like he's effortlessly cool. Like he oh, just yeah. is, he's not trying to be cool, but he knows he is. He legend, knows people sure. think he's cool, but he just yeah. is still himself. And he's a family man at the same yeah. time. Like 
it's wild. There's just so much to him. I actually yeah, have this graphic just... novel that I have yet to read. I bought it. Uh, it's just called Nick Cave in a comic mm -hmm. book store and it's on my shelf. It's like number three on my list to get to next. But like, um, I'm stoked to read it because it's all just a graphic novel, like his life kind of thing. Um, oh, really? It looks really cool. Yeah. I just, I was like, him Nick and Cave, Warren I'm buying are just it. Like, him and Warren together are just like absolute fucking legends. Yeah, it's just genius. So that's what I like about him. It's just he is who he is. He knows that that works and he just works it. He doesn't compromise it. Everything's different. Like you can be in any mood. You can put on, you can find a Nick Cave record or song that, that clicks with you. Up totally. or down, yeah. But and yep. my son loves it because of his voice and it's mellow a lot of the time. Um, he's a storyteller too, so you know, it's uh, you can really focus in on what he's telling. He's always telling a story, and yeah, um, I think that children can appreciate that, adults can appreciate that. He's also um, like doing like he's he's critiquing things like in that song. Um, it's on Ghostine. It's called like beautiful uh, uh, beautiful horses, or it's the second track on there. Something horses, um. But he's talking about like a, like an abstract kind of thought and then like mm -hmm. breaking it down. Well, maybe not everything's like this, but it's still this. Like he, so he takes a grandiose idea, like a poetic thought and breaks it down mm -hmm. to logical thought and then basically mm -hmm. tells you it's still cool. But he does yeah. it with this amazing music behind it. It's so weird. Dude, seeing him live. The first time I saw him live, I swear to God, I didn't move. I just stared at him the whole time. Mm -hmm. I didn't move. I just like watched the whole thing. Didn't look down on my phone. It was so captivating. I was blown away. Yeah. I, I, I cannot imagine. I have never been able to score tickets fast enough when they go on sale. Like him and Tom Waits are two people I'll probably never see live just because mm -hmm. it sells out so fast. And I don't have... I have connections to a lot of people, not to say it like that, but I have a connection. No, no, I, no. I haven't paid for a concert in probably 10 years yeah, yeah. because it's I like, Hey, you. Hey, you know, let's hang out. Let's do this, whatever. Oh, you want to see this band? Okay, cool. Or a publicist will send me tickets. Um, Nick cave is one. And Tom Waits are two of the people that I have no ties to whatsoever for some reason. And so I'll oh, probably sure, never see I'm them. I'm sure you'll see them. <laughs> I you'll see so. them. I hope sure. so. I need to see King Woman now. That's what I need to see because you're I'll, definitely gonna you're gonna see King Woman for sure. I I am stoked. Like this is something. This is like it's like um like New Music Day. Like I cannot believe I I have not heard what you do. Like it, it has not crossed my path. I am shocked because it's multiple projects. It's good stuff. Like really good stuff. But I don't know how even like haven't come across the name even like. It was, she Wasn't sent to me. I was like, what is this? This is terrifying. I love this. And You're then like, like yes, let's freaky. do it. <laughs> <laughs> like she's scary, but I like it. Yeah. I love it. And, uh, I'm, Thank you. I'm just stoked for everything you have going on right now. I'm glad you are in a good spot mentally and mm -hmm. chilling by the pool in LA instead of, uh, in bed in New York. Yeah. Um, funkadelic shit. It's amazing uh, what a change of scene can do for your mind. Um, yeah. and water, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, uh, I just swim all day. That's incredible. I would, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> I just sit by the pool all day, just appreciating life. I feel like I'm, a, I'm a little bit happier when I'm in, in LA because all my friends are here. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just kind of better for my mental health. So. Yeah. 
it's been nice. I've just been kind of celebrating the single coming out too, because me and my manager worked really fucking hard on everything. And she's the best. Her name's NASA. She's, um, she's also Persian and from Queens. She runs a uh, Colt records and okay. I just love her so much. Like she, she had a rough couple months. Um, she, her mother passed away and she, mm. and I was like, do you want to like put off this? Do you want to put off doing this release? Like we can totally hold off. And she was like, no, let's go for it. She's like, I need something to work on. So it was a really intense time for both of us. Yeah. I can only imagine. Man. Yeah. Well, I just, I mean, I appreciate you, you jumping on and doing this show. You know, I know like you said, you turned some stuff down and like, you don't know what you're getting into, but I, I definitely, I mean, time's one thing that's so important and, you know, you could have literally been doing anything else during this time. And yeah, no. I appreciate Thank it a you lot. For your time too. You're, of a, you're a legend yourself. So <laughs> I would go that far, <laughs> but, uh, you're a podcast legend podcast and, a, and, legend. Anatomy the, and an anatomy of the ghost le- of a ghost legend. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm gonna go listen now. to it. I'm gonna go listen to your record by the pool now. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to do. I so I purposely did not listen to uh, the record that Monica sent me. I just watched the video because I wanted to talk to you first. So I'm actually gonna put on uh, the the holics of the record, um, and not sit by the pool. I'm gonna be in the studio, but um, so and I, we'll do the same thing. Yeah, amazing. That's awesome. Let me know what you think. I will, and and uh, <laughs> I'll sh- I'll shoot over my contact info and stuff to to Monica. She can Dope. pass it on if you want, and then um, let's do let's do a part you have two Instagram? when you, I do. Yeah. Okay, great. It's just pure pure pleasure pod at g at our excuse me at pure pleasure pod because I don't do a, I don't have a personal Instagram. I just use the show one. Um, yeah, for sure. It's just too much. I can't. Uh, yeah. Um, but. Let's do a part two when you come through Portland. We'll just do it in person. Yo. I think that'd be awesome. Let's see. Maybe we can we can talk then. But um yeah, that would be really dope. Um Excellent. you're you're awesome and it was a pleasure. Oh man, I appreciate that very much. You're awesome as well. And I I uh just enjoy the rest of your day and I'll like I said, I'll shoot that stuff over to Monica and, and uh we'll go from there. But yeah, thank you so much for the time and, and making some thank great you so music. Much. Thank you. All right, well, have Chris. a good day. You too. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chris from King Woman and so many other projects. Uh, amazingly prolific woman and a fantastic artist. I, you guys need to check out uh, her stuff. Check out King Woman. Celestial Blues is out on the 30th of July. Uh, and we'll definitely have her on for a part two because we went into a lot of stuff we didn't get to finish um, and opened up a lot of things that we could absolutely Uh, go through and do another part two, part three episode, any of that stuff. So uh, anyways, thanks to Chris for coming on. Thanks to Monica for setting that up. Monica at Speakeasy PR is one of the greatest publicists in the game. Always checking in, answering emails at 930 at night on a weekend. Uh, That's the kind of of grind that I love because um, I'm the same way. If someone emails me on a Sunday, I'm not going to wait till Monday to answer it. I don't respect weekends. I don't observe holidays. I don't. Uh, I don't do any of that shit, man. I, I actually hate holidays. So um, I don't know why. I've been trying to figure it out. But uh, if you write me on a holiday, you're going to get a response from me usually on a holiday because uh, I do not. I do not care about that stuff. Um, anyways, that's a long tangent. I don't need to go down. But thank you for coming back week after week. It really means a lot. Uh, the numbers keep growing. Uh, the Facebook group keeps growing. The premium service keeps growing. So definitely sign up for those 
on Facebook. It's the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle. And for the premium, it's peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. And that'll get you in uh, for the ad-free feed, the past cast, and the video footage from these episodes. So uh, I say it every week. I love each and every one of you guys. I really do. I love seeing the numbers grow. I love more people coming to the family, more people writing in and, and letting me know what they think of episodes. And I have really started whittling down that list of guest ideas that I've had on my phone for years. It, things keep coming through. Part twos keep coming through. It's going to be a great rest of the year. We've got 10 episodes right now in the can done, ready to go. We've got, I think I've got four coming up this week. So we're going to be stacked. So I'm not sure what we're going to do in December. If we're going to maybe do the 12 days of peer pleasure again, which is an episode a day for 12 days uh, leading up to Christmas. We'll see. But this summer has been crazy with COVID and everything. It's uh, re everything's really slowed down a bit. So it's been kind of nice having a little bit more breathing room. Uh, but, you know, as I've always done, we're approaching five years as a show. And I've always brought stuff, uh, brought the heat as it was. So anyways, I'm going to get out of here and get this episode built and put out there for you guys. And uh, if you guys are watching on Instagram live, uh, cheers to you. You're going to hear this exactly as it was. <laughs> when you heard it today. So anyways, uh, as always, guys, we'll see you on the radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.